you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. And it's Wednesdays with Will. I'm glad that you're with me today. I have uh, something I feel like is uh, going to be very encouraging to talk about today. Before I get to that, just a couple of the announcements. Uh, make sure that you're following us on Facebook. If you just search Aaron Addison's, you can find us there. Uh, also on YouTube, if you search Airing the Addisons, you can find us there and you can watch the broadcast uh, live. And so uh, if you want to do that, just go ahead and log in. Check it out. Also, uh, make sure you put on your calendars July 7th to the 9th. That's going to be the Marriage Family Life Conference uh, 2022. Like we're, we're knocking on the door, man. 2022. That's crazy. I have this big wall calendar. Um in my office. And I was like, man, okay, I'm getting close to the end of December. And I, I went to turn, flip the page. And I was like, oh yeah, I need a new calendar. <laughs> I can't just go to the next month. I need a new calendar. And so, man, it's just amazing how fast uh, this time passed, you know, before you know it, man, we're in a whole different year. And man, it's been a, a trying couple of years. Like things have been happening, man. It's, it's if you're, uh, out there, you understand and you see what's happening. You understand the, the signs of the times. Man, look, there's no time for playing games. None at all. Like, uh, you know, it's one of those things where people used to always say, man, you know, look at what's going on. You better be right with God. Well, how much more now, man, as we see things happening uh, in our world, you know, like we can we can know and understand that Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming back soon. I believe he's coming back soon. Uh, you know, the scriptures uh, tell about it. We can, you know, lose heart. We can uh, start to doubt. But, man, no doubt about it. Just like he came the first time, he's coming again. He's coming again, and this second time is going to be for consummation. It's going to be for, uh, to get those who have been awaiting his appearing. You know, the first time he came to atone for sins, he's coming back in a totally different way. Uh, this second time. And so, man, what a joyous occasion if you are in Christ. Now, if you're not in Christ, there are some questions. <laughs> you know, you may have some apprehensions and you should. If you don't know, um, you know, if you're in Christ, if you don't know that, uh, that you are saved and born again, man, look, this is the time. Today is the day of salvation. There's no time to just um, think about it anymore. No time to like, oh, let me just uh, let me just see about this. No. Today is the day. Repent of your sins. You know, repent. Ask Jesus Christ, you know, to be Lord and Savior of your life. Uh, man, and he will. And he will. And he will. Well, today, I want to talk about something uh, that I've talked about before. But we're just going to look at a few scriptures to kind of like make a point today. And so if we had the uh, title this, it would be Fat 
disciples. Fat disciples. F-A-T. Uh, when I was doing campus ministry at uh, the University of Louisiana Lafayette, um, we were told that when you're looking for people um, to pour into, when you're looking for people who uh, seem uh, hungry for the Lord and they want, they want more, they desire to grow in their walk with Christ, well, they will tell us, you need to look for fat people. And so, you know, in today's culture, that might be offensive. You know, fat, what? Well, it stands for faithful, available, and teachable. You see, it's, it's amazing. In campus ministry, we spent years and years as missionaries, uh, Miki and myself, as campus uh, missionaries. And we saw all types of students. There were students who were homeschooled that came to college and, you know, grew up in church. And, man, you thought that these were going to be um, – the leaders that they were going to plug into the campus ministry and be the ones that would help to lead. And a lot of times that didn't happen. A lot of times, you know, they were out, uh, out of their parents' home. And so it was a thing of, well, let me see what I can do out here now. You know, uh, you had students who had never been churched, you know, and as we would reach out on the campus to, and, and share the good news, we had some students who had never Gone to church. It's an amazing thing. You know, never read the Bible and things like that. You had some who had gone to church and just were pretty nominal. You know, they went to church because their parents said they had to, not because they had a relationship with the Lord, not because they had some conviction driving them. It was just because my parents said I had to. I'm, I'm living in their house and they said we're all going to church. But then you had ones, man, who were really pressing in. And those, man, they were a joy to, to, to really minister to. They, had, they understood what Jesus Christ had done in their life, that he had saved them uh, from sin. Uh, they understood that, man, this walk with Christ is a serious walk, that it's nothing to be played with. They were at, really at the point at that time in their lives where they wanted to press in to, for more of God and understand the ways of God and be taught. We would classify them as being faithful available and teachable to be a true disciple. You have to be that you have to be faithful, faithful to the Lord, faithful to the call that's on, on, on your life, faithful to walking with the Lord each and every day. You have to be faithful. And even as a disciple, you have to be faithful to meeting with the one that was discipling you. You have to be faithful to be uh, vulnerable and transparent and to want to grow. Faithful. Which had to be available. Sometimes the students were hard to find. They would say, oh, yeah, man, I want to get with you. I want Yeah, let's talk about this. And when you would go and proceed to, to go and talk with them about the Lord, you know, and, and kind of get with them, they were hard to find. They always had something that came up. They were never available. They were at a, you know, always had some assignment going on. And this was school, so you had assignments. But, man, those ones who were available, they made time. This was important. It was something that they felt was necessary. And then teachable. Ones who were able to take correction, who wanted to grow, who desired to change. They were very teachable. You would give them something, give them a book or give them this or that. And they were like, man, devour it. Or they would just like have questions when they came to meet with you again. 
faithful, available, and teachable. I want to look at three um, different um, situations in the book of Acts that I think really display this. So one of the more important things in the life of a believer is being able to hear the voice of God. God desires that his people uh, will be able to clearly hear his directives. And when he tells us to do something that we would hear what he's saying, we will weigh it with the scripture, of course. I'm not saying just do whatever a voice. I'm talking about the voice of God. And you understand that you would know it if you're his. But being able to hear his directives and obey. This is developed over time in relationship with the Lord. You develop these traits of being able to hear his voice, understand what he's saying, and obey, and obey. So Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, and Acts chapter 16 serves as important chapters in displaying the faithfulness, availability, and teachableness, uh, teachable nature of true disciples. So Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. This is the chapter that um, talks about Philip. Philip the deacon, right? So Stephen had been murdered. Stephen had been murdered. And because of this, there was great persecution starting to take place in the church in Jerusalem. So then you had the the disciples, uh, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, but you had other disciples, other uh, uh, men, women that scattered to different places. And Philip found himself in Samaria. And in Acts chapter 8, we will see how the Lord used him there. But to get kind of a background on Philip, you have to go to Acts chapter 6. And in Acts chapter 6, there was a, a dispute that arose that needed a solution. And so the solution was to set up deacons, ones who would be able to take care of the situation. You know, some were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. And so the apostle said, man, we need to install these deacons to be able to take care of this while we concentrate and, and do the things that we are called to do. And so Philip was one of those deacons. So was Stephen, and then there was uh, a few others. But it's, it's, it's very important, the qualifications of these deacons, man. It's, it's always uh, struck me because when you think of deacons in the old Baptist church, you think of old, like, mean men, you know what I'm saying? Some of them uh, are wine bibbers, you know, like, man, they might have, like, a couple of children, like, that's outside. It was like, man, you get this picture, it was corrupt. But that's not the deacons that are outlined in Scripture in Acts chapter 6. These men, they were of good reputation, the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Good men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom. Man, those are qualifications that are high qualifications. Reputation had to be good, right? Full of the spirit and of wisdom. So this was a, not a secondhand job. You might think, oh, no, they were just waiting tables. They were just providing food. <laughs> yeah, but they needed to be men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom. 
those were deacons. And sometimes it's a far cry of what we call deacons today, but that's a side note. So Philip was one of these deacons. And when everybody scattered, he found himself in Samaria, right? So in Acts chapter 8, you can pick up uh, with his story. Acts chapter 8, verse 4 says, Therefore those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. So not only was Philip preaching the gospel, the good news in Samaria, but man, his preaching was accompanied by signs and wonders. Things was happening. There was a, a shaking taking place in Samaria. This was a revival, a real revival happening. He says, for in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. So you got to picture that. Stephen is killed. The believers are scattered. The apostles, they remain in Jerusalem. But you have all these things happen. So they're scattered. The people are scattering. And this is what Jesus wanted. He wanted, uh, uh, you know, uh, the believers to scatter, to, to proclaim not only in Jerusalem, but in Judea and to the uttermost part of the, of the earth. So Philip and others are scattered and they're preaching the gospel. And we get a picture right here. We zoom in on Philip and he's preaching. There are demons being casted out. You know, there are, are signs and wonders. Man, things are happening. So in the midst of this um, revival, the spirit speaks to Philip and tells him to leave. Now imagine that. Man, revival is going. It's on and popping, man. Things are happening. And in the middle of that, the spirit, the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, tells Philip to leave. And we're going to get into it because as a disciple, you got to be faithful you got to be available and you got to be teachable. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We're talking about being fat. We'll be back right after this. Wednesdays with Will. Glad to be here. And we're talking about fat disciples, faithful, available, and teachable. That's requirements in being a true disciple of Christ, that we have to be faithful, available, and teachable. We're talking about the deacon, Philip, full of the spirit, right? And wisdom, a man of a good reputation, man. And God sent him as he was, they were scattering 
And the gospel was being proclaimed to Samaria and revival broke out. And people wanted to hear what Philip was preaching. This is a deacon, y'all. So you don't have to have, you don't have to be a pastor, the bishop. You know, you don't have to be the overseer, the super apostle, whatever, you know, all these people are. Um, the deacon. God was using him and revival had broken out. But in the midst of this, so things are happening, man. Things are hot. You know, uh, the gospel is being preached. People are being delivered. Man, demons are being cast out. Uh, people have been born again. Things are going on. When you get to Acts chapter 8, round about verse 25, it says, So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans, right? But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So revival going on. They're preaching. They're going around preaching. And the angel of the Lord said to Philip, all right, I need you to go over here. Go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, my brother Abraham, uh, when he talks about this passage, I like how he puts it. He says, you know, believers, as believers, we can have step up faith where, you know, when there's a promotion or, you know, hey, you can go from, you know, this church to a mega church or you can go from this position to this position. Step up faith. We have that. But what about the step down faith? And right and right here, you know, Philip leaving a revival. And the angel of the Lord telling him to go to this desert road, <laughs> go south. Hmm. But but man, the revival is happening back here. But man, you know, people are being set free and, and delivered. Man, you know, demons are being cast out. I'm preaching a word and people, you know, are, are, are responding. Nope, Philip, I want you to go here. So what did Philip do? Verse 27. So he got up and went. <laughs> Faithful, available, teachable. This is a true mark of a disciple. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. So you have this eunuch who is a Yahweh worshiper, right? So if I'm Philip, like Philip is obedient. He got up and went. That next verse said he got up and went. And what he found there was an Ethiopian eunuch. And it just so happened to be an, an official in Queen Candace in her, in her court. So this is a high-ranking dude. But he was going to Jerusalem to worship. Verse 28 said he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, then the spirit said to Philip, once again, I said it before in the beginning. It's important that we hear the voice of God. We need to know his directives when he's telling us to do this or do or that. We have to be ready to go and do it. So you have uh, Philip. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. I call this a divine appointment, y'all. Like Philip didn't know what, what he, where he was going when he was sent. He obeyed. He's like, okay. 
So as he obeys, he, get, he gets more instruction. Now go up and join yourself to that chariot. So what did the Bible say? Verse 30, Philip ran up. <laughs> See, this is, again, a great picture of a follower of Christ, of a disciple. Step-by-step direction given from God, and the response initially is obedience. Obedience. So Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate? Uh, who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of someone else? A divine appointment. See, if Philip would have been like, nah, man, I'm in Samaria. Man, it's, it's on and popping down here, man. People getting saved. I'm not leaving. Then going down to, south to this desert road, you know, to go, like, what am I? I need to be here. The Lord is telling me to stay here in the pro- prosperous place where people are getting healed. And no, he had the ears to hear what the Spirit was saying to him. And he step by step did what God was instructing him to do. And with each step of obedience, more revelation came of what God was doing. So you have this eunuch ask him a question like, who is who is this man speaking of himself or somebody else? And. Philip opened his mouth because now is the time opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, this scripture, Isaiah 53 He preached Jesus to him. Wow. So, yeah, he was doing great work in Samaria. Things were happening there, but God had an assignment for him, and he had to be faithful, available, teachable, ready to go. So he preached Jesus to him. And as they went along the road, they came to some water. So, he, you know, so so Philip laid this thing out. So he must have told this eunuch about being baptized and everything else. Because when they came by some water, the, the eunuch was like, look, water. What prevents me from being baptized? <laughs> and Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water which is my defense for being baptized, being immersed in water, you know, but hey, that's another topic. They went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, <laughs> the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. Man, not <laughs> can you imagine? This is an assignment. Philip is doing God's work in Samaria. He's seeing results. Things are happening. The people are are waiting to hear him preach. They want to hear what he has to say. The angel of the Lord speaks to Philip. Go down south to this road. And when he gets there, and he goes. Immediately, he goes. 
And he gets there and, he sa- and the spirit says, join yourself to this chariot. As he's there, he hears this Ethiopian eunuch who's a high official reading the Bible, reading the scriptures. Isaiah chapter 53 and has a question. This was an appointment made in heaven, y'all. But as, and as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, he desires for us to have these same type of appointments today. This is not something, you know, out of the ordinary for the Christ follower. And remember, Philip wasn't a, was not an apostle. Huh? He was a deacon. He was a deacon. So this tells me that all of us, no matter what title we may have, Holy Spirit desires to speak to us, to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to have these appointments, just like he gave Philip. Are we faithful? Are we available? Are we teachable? So when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. Man, can you imagine being that eunuch? Where did he go? (laughs) What? Snatched him away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel, still preaching, (laughs) no matter where he is, still preaching to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Now, it's amazing to me. I'm thinking about this Ethiopian eunuch. And I know there's some church history and tradition that, that says that this eunuch was one that brought the gospel back to that area of Africa in Ethiopia where we have a, a thriving church for years and years and years in Ethiopia. But that this eunuch was the catalyst to getting the gospel to that area. Now, this man was a Yahweh worshiper, so he was acquainted with God. But the gospel was preached to this eunuch about Jesus Christ. Philip started from Isaiah, from that scripture, and preached Jesus. That's a deacon, y'all. That's not a theologian. That's not a, um, someone who's been to Bible college and seminary and all this stuff. He is a deacon serving tables. And is able from Isaiah all the way up to preach Christ. So much so that this Ethiopian eunuch, who's a high official, is born again. Takes this gospel, brings it back, and the gospel spreads even more. Because of a faithful disciple, a faithful follower of Christ, whose title would have been a deacon. It's amazing. Faithful, available, teachable. But then you can move to Acts chapter 9, and I hope I can get uh, through this. Then you can move to Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, we know as a a great uh, uh, chapter because it outlines how the apostle Paul, how Paul really was converted. He was Saul at the time, um, but how he was converted always stuck out to me in Acts chapter 9 about this disciple down there in Joppa. Wait, disciple, I'm I'm sorry, in Damascus, I'm sorry. Disciple in Damascus who was instrumental, instrumental in the apostle Paul, Saul at the time, 
being converted. His name was Ananias. His name was Ananias. Now, when you, when you look at this chapter, and rightfully so, a lot of the emphasis is put on Saul. He's an important character in Bible history, of course. We have 13 letters, you know, from him. God used him to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ all across the world. He went to the Gentile nations, and man, the Lord used him. But in Acts chapter 9, we have to talk also about Ananias. Chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. All right. What did I say before? You got to know the voice of the Lord. So this time it's presented in a vision. And he heard the Lord, the Lord said, call his name. What did that scripture say? <laughs> Remember the scripture? I believe it's in John. It talks about his sheep knowing his voice and not listening to a voice of another. His sheep know his voice. So Ananias gets the call from the Lord. Ananias, immediately he says, here I am, Lord. <laughs> and the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord. I have heard many things about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. Now, this um, conversation here that Ananias has with the Lord, it shows me something. And I've said this before. It highlights the relationship that a disciple has with the Lord. So Ananias had, he had a little pushback. He had a little question. Well, we saw that Philip was like, he just went and did step by step. Well, Ananias was like, man, but Lord, hold on. This Saul person, man, he, he killed people like me. <laughs> and he has papers right now to do whatever he wants to people who call on your name. So you see, Ananias has a question for the Lord, right? But you got to read on. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17. So Ananias departed. <laughs> See, even if you have a little question, God is not frazzled by that. Even, even if you're like, wait, Lord, I'm, am I understanding this right? Can I get some confirmation? <laughs> the Lord is like, he told Ananias, no, go. I've chosen him, and I'm going to show him all that he must suffer for my name. Next verse, Ananias departed. Faithful, available, and teachable. Because the Lord right there taught him something. Ernie Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. We'll be back right after this.
Zarin Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about fat disciples, faithful, available, and teachable. And before uh, we had the break, I was talking about Ananias in Acts chapter 9 and how, number one, the Lord spoke to him and Ananias answered. So he was able to hear the voice of, of God. And the Lord gave him some instructions to go and to to, uh, find Saul of Tarsus. And, you know, Ananias had a question. He was like, man, hold on. Like, this guy, Lord, I've heard of him. And he killed people like me. (laughs) Uh, Anybody that's calling on your name, and he has the right right now um, to, to do this here in Damascus. Like, that's why he's coming. That's why he's on his way. And you know the Lord knew all of this, but this is something that Ananias had to kind of wrestle with and like, hold on, you want me to go talk to him? And as I pointed out, the Lord wasn't taken back by his question, but he reemphasized, hey, no, I've called this man. And, you know, I'm going to show him everything he's going to suffer for my namesake. But I need you to go. And the Bible said that Ananias departed. He went. He's a faithful disciple. He's a teachable disciple. Because the Lord, you know, told him some things and he adjusted. He was like, okay. And he departed and went. It's a side note. It's amazing to think about uh, the fact that the only people that really knew what happened to Saul was Saul, the Lord, and Ananias. <laughs> Even the men with Saul that helped him into Damascus didn't fully know what was, what was going on, what was happening. And God, so God reveals things that are hidden and speaks directly to those he can trust and who have set their voice uh, to set their ears to hear his voice. Right. And so we see that. So the Lord is revealing some things to Ananias right here that nobody like, man, he's praying. Go meet him and you're going to lay your hands on him and and just telling him what's going to take place. So I'll read the rest of this. It says, so Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, man, this always stuck out to me. Always stuck out to me. Can you imagine when Ananias said, Brother Saul? Like Ananias was saying, you're in the family. (laughs) You're in the family. You were once one who persecuted us. Now you're one of us. Brother Saul. I can I, I can just think that uh, Paul, through the duration of his life, remembered this these words when he was first called brother, when he was called brother by Ananias. A term, you know, like man, you're our brother. We said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight. And he got up and was baptized, and he took food and was strengthened. Hmm. Brother Saul, a family description was given. This denotes relationship. And it had to be weighty words throughout Paul's life. Remember, this man had rounded up followers of the way, 
to take them uh, to meet the, the same fate as Stephen, the, who was the first martyr. The man that lived his life trying to fulfill the law to a T, only to fall short time and time again. Brought up in the way of the Pharisees, top of his class. One that despised Jesus and his teachers and his followers terrorizing them, thinking he was doing service to God, is now greeted by Ananias as a brother. And Ananias lays his hand on him and interpreted to Saul what was taking place. He was healed from his blindness, being filled with the Holy Spirit. He was healed from his blindness, the physical blindness, but also that spiritual blindness. Then he took food and was strengthened and was never the same. From this act of obedience from Ananias, we get the conversion of the man that will become the apostle Paul. God calls his disciples to be faithful, available, and teachable. So in the first scenario, Philip does what the Lord tells him to do, step by step, meets up with the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch is reading the scripture and it has a question. And from that question, the deacon, <laughs> the disciple, Philip, shares the gospel to which this Ethiopian eunuch, who was a high official in Candace's court, is born again and takes that gospel back to Ethiopia. A faithful disciple. Second scenario, we have Ananias, who gets instructions from the Lord to go and to reach out to this Saul of Tarsus, who is terrorizing the church at this time. And he has a question. Even as a disciple, he's like, wait, wait. I know it's you, Lord. I know your voice. But you want me to do what? And the Lord teaches him something, gives him some more information. And the Bible says that Ananias goes, he departs. And from that exchange, we get the apostle Paul, the greatest missionary uh, to ever live. This, and these are disciples. So in, in, in this last example, I'm going to go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And this is the apostle Paul. Now, as he's traveling, you know, on his different journeys where the Lord is leading him, he is step by step. He is listening to the voice of the Lord. Now, he's an apostle, but he's also a follower of Christ and a, a disciple, one who follows Christ. I, I alluded to this scripture back in the second segment. In John chapter 10, Jesus speaks of being the good shepherd and about his sheep knowing his voice and not listening to the voice of another because they don't recognize the other voice. It's the same with us today. So in Acts chapter 16 is an example of the way disciples should listen and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 16, I think we start at verse 6. 
It says they passed through the Phrygian and the Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. This always, you know, uh, stuck out to me. So the Holy Spirit forbade them to speak the word? Hmm. Well, you have to be in tune enough to know that God has a plan. He knows what he's doing. And so sometimes when we hear, like, like Ananias, we hear the voice of the Lord, he tells us to do something, and it's not in uh, sync with what we would do, and we know it's the Lord, man, we have to do what he said to do. So the Holy Spirit forbade them to speak the word in Asia. Wow. And you would think, like, why would he do that? People, you know, need to hear the word. He's the Holy Spirit, and he's navigating, and he's charting the path, not us. And in verse 7, it says, And after that, they came to Messiah. They were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So can you get a picture of this? They're, they're trying to go and share the good news in all these different places. But first you have the Holy Spirit for, for, forbading them to go and speak the word in, in one place, in Asia. And then as they continue to go around, the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them to go to Messiah and Bithynia. Amazing. And passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. God had a place where he wanted his disciples to go. Now, you think about our lives. We all deal with this. We have a charted out path. We have a way that seems right to a man, <laughs> you know, but in the end, it can lead to destruction. And, and God is not mad about our plans. Don't get me wrong. We can have a plan, but those plans have to be submitted to the Lord. Another thing my brother Abraham says, and I love this uh, saying that he says, he said, we have to be open to a Holy Spirit veto. That the, the Holy Spirit can veto our plans at any time. A lot of times, if you're like me, who I'm a very, you know, routine type of person, you hate when your plans are upset. You hate when, like, something is that uh, you did not plan for is implemented or, or, or comes in or something that you have planned for does not happen. Man, and I'm, I have, I've had to learn and I'm still learning with God how to adjust to his will and his way. You know, even Jesus facing crucifixion, he cried out, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And this has to be the cry of us as believers, as followers of Christ. And I thought this passage right here showed how following the Lord, you may see, it may seem like, man, it's awesome if I go here, if I do this, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus will say, no, I will forbid you to go. You know, I've had that happen times, man, so many times in my life where I thought like, man, I need to do this. We need to go here. And it was like, no. 
I remember one time in college, I was about to join a particular organization. And the day that I was supposed to join or begin the whole process, I did not have a piece about joining. And so I had done everything up to that point, and I, I was fully expected to be a part of what was going on, but I didn't have a piece. And not having that piece began to grow. Like, I couldn't do it. Like, I was forbade by the Spirit to do it. So I went to the people who were um, in charge, and I said, look, I know I gave my word. I said, man, I'm, I'm going to do this, but I can't do it. I was asked the question, man, why not? Why, why can't you do it? And I had to straight up say, God, he does not, he, he don't want me to do it. God don't want me to do it. Now, I don't know how those people felt about that, how, you know, that person felt about that. But at that point, I didn't care because I knew that I was not supposed to do and join, you know, with them. And so I didn't do it. And me and a few of those people, we were friends, you know, and I would say acquaintances. <laughs> we, were, we were friends on, on a friend term, you know, basis or whatever. But it, it didn't change after that. We continued to hang out, and you know, but they understood my walk with the Lord. I couldn't do it. And so we're going to have those times in our lives where we have decisions to make. We have great big decisions that can be life-changing, life-altering decisions. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to practice hearing the voice of God. Lord, speak to my heart. Help me to know your voice. Help me to know your ways. Let me understand when you're speaking to me. Lord, God, give me ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to me. Lord, I'm, I'm yours, and your word says that your sheep they know your voice, and they don't listen to the voice of another. Lord, I pray that you will tune in my ears. Help me to hear. Help me to hear. God, take the distractions out of my life so I can hear clearly, God, what you are saying to me. This is the prayer that we need to pray. And the question is today, are you faithful? Are you available? Are you teachable? I look at the life of, of Philip. I look at Ananias. I look at the Apostle Paul and I say, Lord, help me to be so. Help me to be so. If you are not today and you're like, man, you see some gaps in your life. Pray. Ask the Lord to make you fat. <laughs> that's a prayer that that's something you're not going to hear every day. Ask the Lord to make you fat, faithful, available and teachable. Faithful, available and teachable. But this has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. Thank you for listening, and I, I hope that this has been an encouragement to your walk with Christ. That's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then, God bless. <laughs>